everyone, and welcome to the Transform Your Confidence show. This is a show about holistic leadership and advocacy, and I'm your host, Raj Gurn. Here's a bit about me. I'm a longtime serial entrepreneur who specializes in mindset, branding, media, communications, and marketing, and I firmly believe that great leadership and advocacy is predicated on the mission that everyone must benefit across the entire food chain. I'm an award-winning C-suite entrepreneur who has worked in the media and event space for the past 20 years with many Fortune 500, celebrity, and thought leader clients from around the world. At this point in my life, I seek to share my many insights and resources with anyone who wants to learn about holistic leadership and advocacy in a newly launched online community at the openchessconfidenceacademy.com where I've mandated my entire organization to provide products and services that center around knowledge, action and accountability. My goal with this show is to pull back the curtain, I mean way back, to bring you insider knowledge and resources on how today's change makers are leading with intention and creating meaningful environments that serve everyone. I also want to help you reimagine what your life could be if you had a constant view from the top of the mountain. I believe that in order to get there and stay there, you need to learn from those who have a constant and unobstructed view of Nirvana. These are not just the usual suspects, but the ones that sit in the middle of the volcano as the lava explodes through the top of the mountain. They are the crazy ones who change the world, and they are the ones that I want you to meet. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the Transform Your Confidence show, which is a professional development-centric coaching program, as you all know, aimed at arming you with insights from experts in mindset and clarity, media and communications, branding and marketing, and leadership and advocacy. I'm your host, Raj Gurn, the founder of the OpenChessConfidenceAcademy.com, and I bring you a two-part series each week, which drops every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. EST. The goal of the show is to help you move your life and career forward and upward with unflinching confidence, knowing that you have the knowledge and action steps to get you well on your way towards your intended purpose. This week's theme is leadership and advocacy, where I've chosen to do a deep dive into the world of startups because we all know about them, are perhaps involved with one, or are a founder looking to scale one forward. If this is you, then this week's two-part series entitled How to Build a Scalable Business Out of a Passion Project is for you. To help me walk you through this journey step by step, I'm pleased to introduce you to India-based mathematician and coder Manan Kurma, who is the founder of a leading online math learning and coding company called QMath, available to grade school students in 20 countries worldwide, including the US, Canada, the UK, and of course, India. The company has taught over 200,000 students worldwide and just recently secured a 40 million US dollar investment round. Please welcome to the show, Manan Kurma. Manan, Thanks, thank, you, oh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. I am always so excited to 
speak with founders who truly kind of build something from scratch and they build it from a place of a value system that's important to them. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show because your story is so inspirational to me and I know will be for many people because, you know, building something from scratch in and by itself is difficult to do, but doing it from a place of passion. Now that's a whole Mm -hmm. other layer of, um, you know, complexity. So I want to start at this point. When I went to your website, I read your mission statement. And let me quote this for everyone. Our mission is to make the world's children great at math and coding and create invincible problem solvers who will go on to solve humanity's biggest problems. A powerful, strong, and big mission, Manan. I mean, (laughs) you know, I I, I got to start my conversation here. What specifically is it about solving problems through proficiency in math and coding that you feel will position our future leaders to solve humanity's biggest problems? So Raj, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for having me over on the show. Um, So the way I think about, um, you know, uh, this whole math and coding skill set is that, you know, if you look at how the world is changing, what kind of skills are becoming more and more valuable, what kind of jobs are becoming more valuable, um, what the World Economic Forum is saying, for example, that problem solving is the most crucial skill that our kids, uh, you know, need to learn today. Uh, because as more automation kicks in, as AI kind of rises and so on, it is complex problem solving as a skill that will matter the most. And the most valuable jobs will be around complex problem solving, uh, you know, as today's kids grow up. So we believe very strongly, I believe very strongly that today's kids need to have a very, very strong grounding in problem solving. And math and coding are two very, very good, um, you know, uh, skills to learn to be to become a great problem solver. So, so that's our mission. We want to teach kids, you know, math and coding. We want to get them to master math and coding and become natural problem solvers. You know, it's so interesting um, that you say that because if you look at where we're sitting today in, you know, any aspect of the of of the world that we live in, the lifestyles that we live. Um, and you look at kind of where it's headed, you have to somehow, um, you know, master something to do with the world of technology, which requires, you know, mathematic, um, you know, understanding. It requires knowing some level of coding in order to be able to, you know, help us in the journey that we are going on as a human race to be able yeah. to kind of, you know, to be able to make sure that the leaders of tomorrow are in fact knowledgeable about where we're headed and aren't the way they are today and have been in the past where they didn't really know much about what was happening down the infrastructure or in a society level, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of more the top down, you know, understanding and hierarchy of how infrastructure and business was created. And what I find to be so interesting with what you're doing and what the mission of QMAP is, is that you're looking at arming tomorrow's future leaders with the ability to be able to participate in the decision-making process of where and how our world is going to function. And I feel that's kind of really what I got out of your mission statement. Um, no, absolutely. You, uh, yeah, do you have a comment there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from from the smallest thing to the largest thing, you know, math underlies everything. And uh, if you look at anything that we do today, any engagement with technology that we have, whether it's swiping an ATM card, whether it's making a phone call, whether it's, you know, uh, searching for your destination on Google Maps, 
to the highest level of decision making like how do you allocate uh, you know a country's budget in the right way uh, how do you take those complex decisions and how do you uh, address different you know disparate needs and so on everything requires mathematical thinking at at its core uh, you become a much better decision maker if you have that mathematical thinking and uh, that is what we're trying to do with our program we want to make sure kids get that grounding so that they are just able to take better decisions and solve better uh, solve problems in a better way Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Manan. Um, what was the mindset behind having the courage to think so big for your company's mm-hmm. opportunity to play its part in society today to, as your mission mm-hmm. statement says, arm future leaders to change our world tomorrow? What was the mindset yeah. around that? So one uh, driving force, Raj, was just my own passion around math. You know, math is something I've always enjoyed since I was a kid. and uh, Uh, i've always found it very logical and very beautiful and one thing that's always kind of surprised me is that is that kids who are otherwise so capable in so many other areas you know find math so difficult or so boring and so on and it's just got to do with the way they learn math uh, and so on mm-hmm. so partly the inspiration behind qmath was uh, my passion around math i've also been a teacher i've taught more than 10000 students myself um, of all kinds and uh, before qmath i was actually teaching uh, you know senior graders uh uh you know kids who are at grades 9 10 11 12 that stage and i realized that in something like math and coding learning starts very early on in your life you know so for math for example you start learning right from kindergarten onward uh so it's actually the younger grades where the right kind of learning needs to happen uh you know uh, uh, right from very early age so that was another inspiration you know from my own teaching experience i realized that uh it's necessary to do math learning and coding learning the right way from a very young age um and i think as as we so when we started obviously the mission was uh, that we want to build a global company but the scale of the ambition was not uh, so high it's, it's been a more organic evolution you know as we built the company and as we've succeeded uh yeah, and gone to the next step uh, and as parents and you know students have appreciated our curriculum and our outcomes the the scale of the ambition has grown and now we think we are in a position to you know as we say internally teach math to the world yeah uh, and make sure that make sure hundreds of millions of kids around the world learn math in the qmath way I learn coding that. in the qmath way yeah and I'll- and become great problem solvers yeah thank you right that sounds just incredible i'm i'm i've got goosebumps just listening to you and folks anyone that's just tuning in um here's the magic right here just what manan um shared everything that he focused on in terms of what he was trying to do here with his company was to solve a problem so he was coming at it from you know taking his passion into a place where there was a gap in the marketplace right um and he looked at filling it because he saw that the opportunity for the future um you know would be a better one considering that math and coding and technology is in every fabric of society today so we know it's going to be a lot more pronounced and amplified as we move into the future manan i have to ask you this what does nirvana look like for you with qmath when will you be reaching the promised land you know like when you when you know okay I have gotten to where I need to get to with this company. What does that look like for for you and for QMath? Yeah, um you know I think for um and many uh, friends ask me this and uh, many new entrepreneurs ask me this. Um I think I have no end goal in mind. I think it's a process that's much more enjoyable. One thing that really drives me on a daily basis is the kind of impact we create. You know when some student comes back or some parent comes back and says, "Hey, you know what? Um 
this way of learning changed my life and I, I'm now much more confident or I've achieved my learning goals, I've achieved, achieved my career goals, you know, because of you and because of the program that you created. That's more, far more sat satisfying than, um, you know, than achieving some kind of milestone. Um, I think, uh, I think it's best not to be anchored too much to milestones and instead have, especially for entrepreneurs, because the going is not always easy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you have to be in a process mindset that you will do well each day. Uh, and the the outcome should be the end goal should be an outcome of that process. So that's how I tend to think. I don't fuss too much about the end goal. But uh, one thing that I'm beginning to feel more and more confident about is that we uh, will definitely become a uh, you know very strong global brand um, because as we expanded and as uh, we've kind of expanded to 20 plus countries across the world, we are seeing very strong uh, you know satisfaction and validation from parents and students. So. So the journey is definitely very exciting. But I'm more ready to the journey than the outcome of the journey. I love that. I love everything about what you just said there. What do you believe people need to know about starting a company, Manan, where the driver is passion to profit that lends mm -hmm. to its viability to be successful, not factoring in all the other stuff that needs to be in place for success to happen, just the mm -hmm. driver of passion to profit? Like, what do people need to know from your experience? So, you know, when I started QMath, and it's been a few years now, um, as I said, back then the idea never was, I mean, we did have global ambitions, but the, they were not so concrete. And uh, the, the focus was far more on the passion around math and, you know, on making sure that we create a program that uh, create a curriculum that, you know, uh, does math the right way. Uh, I think for any new entrepreneur looking to, uh, you know, convert a passion project into a scalable business and scalable being the operative word here. Um, I think it's important to understand, uh, you know, a few things. Uh, for example, uh, does that passion lend itself to scale? D does that passion lend itself to, uh, you know, meaningful business where, you know, potential customers are willing to pay for it? And how large is the size of that, um, you know, that segment? Um, in, in business parlance, we call it the target addressable market. You know, how, how, how big is it? Um, but I think if, if that, that need is there and the market is there and, you know, there are uh, consumers willing to buy your passion project, um, I think this is one of the most satisfying journeys that an individual could undertake. You know, just converting your passion into something meaningful, you know, is, uh, is, is very, very exciting. It's so exciting and it's such a blessing when a person isn't doing something for the end goal yeah. being profit but is doing something for the journey of the service that is actually yeah. giving of value to humanity, whatever that piece of humanity may be. And, and that's mm -hmm. what you're saying right here. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I feel a lot of, you know, new founders, a lot of people who are looking at going into business need to really sit with and think about. Um, I want to ask you this because, uh, I, I'm very much an intentional person myself and I look for kind of significance in, you know, why people do what they do. It seems like everything that you have built the company on is intentional. For example, yeah. you founded QMath on December the 22nd, 2013, a day of great significance. Um, yeah. I, I would like you to share what that is with everyone, Manan, if you could. Yeah. So December 22nd is, um, the birthday of Ramanujan, who's uh, considered to be one of the world's greatest mathematician ever. Uh, and in India, he's uh, revered very strongly. And uh, because of that date, you know, it's also, this date is also celebrated as the National Math Day in India. 
so because we started out of india you know we that's that's the date that we chose as a founding date because we started around then and um, in terms of the intentionality of it yes there have been a lot of steps uh, you know that have been intentional like you know focusing on math building a curriculum you know that uh, does math the right way and so on but you know as steve jobs said you know um, you can only connect all the dots in hindsight uh, so there have been a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, things that have happened along the way that we did not expect ups and downs uh, both and uh, and i think any new entrepreneur has to be prepared that you know this journey will have its own share of ups and downs and it might look very exciting or all sorted from the outside but it is not and because you have to wake up every day and do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and uh, you have to be uh, you know willing to accept that at the end of the day it may all amount to nothing in terms of tangible outcome absolutely so, so it's a yeah so it's, it's a very weird um, you know kind of journey that an individual decides to undertake uh many people do it and many people are successful but then there are also a lot of people who are not successful so yeah mix, mixed bag absolutely and i think that's what it is right it's you know it's the things that we learn along our life um you know yeah. on on other levels outside of what we do professionally speaking that i feel really lends to you know the character building um part of who we are as individuals and as humans right you know what is our driving force i mean that's a whole other you know subject matter but these are some of the things that i feel make the difference between someone who keeps trekking forward and keeps their um goal as you know by the end of the de- by the end of today if i've accomplished a good day we we've done well you know versus the people yeah. who are you know stuck in this major future um you know focus that doesn't mm-hmm. that that doesn't really lend to how we're getting there because today mm-hmm. is taking us there right yeah. and i think I, yeah. i think that what you just said here is something that i feel everybody really needs to you know take heed of take yeah. it take it on a daily basis because things are yeah. going to come at you like life is yeah. unpredictable no matter how much you plan for it um and yeah. getting through the day and saying this was a good day I think yeah. is 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 the success that you need to sit with. Do you have oh, any com- you have any comments you want to add to that um based yeah, on your journey? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as I said earlier as well, you can't be too uh, you know attached to the end outcome. Obviously the end outcome which in our case could be let's say building a huge global company, in someone else's case could be you know something else. That end outcome is your north star and you have to constantly drive towards it, but you can't be just uh, you know uh, all the time kind of uh, looking at that you have to get through the day uh, you have to make sure that you're navigating the boat well and so on and through this journey you know you also realize a lot of stuff about yourself mm-hmm. and about how you kind of interact with uh, you know other people so if you uh, if you've not started up and you think you're very perseverant and you think uh, you know you can get through any kind of difficulty then when you actually do start up and actually uh, do go through the process of building a business your own assessment about yourself might change and you might realize that you know um you have a very different level of perseverance maybe much higher or much lower you know mm-hmm. so so it, it, this journey teaches you a lot about yourself it's all, it also teaches you a lot about how you interact with other people how you lead other people you know even if you have a small team of five other people what do you do with them on a day to day basis how do you make sure all of them all of their work is kind of compounding to the same direction uh you know you you learn that sort of stuff about yourself and you realize whether you're good at it or bad at it you know and what you need to change so i think i think uh the way i you know uh, articulate this to a lot of my friends and you know 
people who want to become new entrepreneurs is a startup is like if you do it well it's like an mba on uh, you know uh, hyperdrive you know you just learn so much you just in a month's time you'll learn uh, you know stuff for a year uh, in a normal course so yeah, it's, it's exciting but at the same time you have to be prepared for that roller coaster right Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your journey here, Manan. Um, on your website, there is something there that's um, listed called Our Journey. It's a timeline. Mm-hmm. And I actually, you know, I'm going to be using that to kind of go through the journey of, um, you know, where you started and where you are mm-hmm. today, because I feel that that is going to be very valuable for people. Because Everyone looks at successful companies and says, wow, you know, this is just incredible. And it just seems so far away from, you know, what I could personally do. And so I feel that going through your timeline step by step is going to help people realize, you know, how those mm-hmm. milestones kind of came about, even though you, right. know, you said um, a little earlier that, you know, you can't really be really focused on the milestone per se, because mm-hmm. there's many other things that you have to think about. But I want to take people on the journey of the milestones, the way that you have yeah. them on your website. Folks, go check out QMath mm-hmm. website. Um, on the homepage, there is something called Our Journey Timeline. Um, and that's the basis of the rest of our discussion. So let's start at the very beginning, Manan. You spent year one creating proof of concept, year yeah. two creating a scale-based revenue plan, and in yep. year three, you raised your um, first round of investment to the tune of 20 million US dollars. I mean, in a word, what? I mean, that is just <laughs> insane. So let's mm-hmm. break this down to bite-sized pieces so that we can ingest and digest them. And the pun yeah. intended there, okay? <laughs> the- <laughs> sure, sure, Raj. Yes. Yeah, so when we started off... Um, I took on a big challenge and uh, the challenge in front of me was how do you design a math curriculum that works for each student's unique personality and unique needs, right? Yes. Um, um, if there are a billion students in the world, then you have a billion different kinds of students and each one of them has at any point a specific set of needs. And to design a curriculum that works for all kids, you know, across the spectrum uh, is, is a very challenging um, and, and that's basically the USP that we've created. So the first year, um, was just about figuring out, okay, what should the math curriculum be that will work, you know, for all kinds of students. And I remember back then, I personally would, you know, like stay up at night uh, till early morning hours, and I would be building the curriculum myself because back then there was no team, there was no money, no, no meaningful money, so to say, to put into the company. Uh, I had put in my own savings, I had taken some money from my dad and so on, and we were bootstrapping the whole thing. Uh, so it was, um, you know, a bit of an uncertain time, but also very exciting because I was, I was doing this new thing, and I knew that you know, if this scales and if this works, you know, it'll go on to, you know, uh, impact a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. So the first year was all about that. Then, um, and at the same time, and this is, you know, one piece of advice I give a lot of new entrepreneurs is whenever you're building a company, whenever you're building a new product, a new service, it's very important to take consumer feedback from day one. Uh, it's very important to get a pulse on, you know, how the consumer is thinking um, to co-create almost, you know. So as you build, you get feedback and you iterate and so on and so forth. So that first year was all about that. So I created a small uh, education center where kids would walk in and I would teach them using this curriculum I was building on the fly. Uh, and it was almost like tomorrow there's a class and today evening I have to, you know, build the curriculum for that class. So it was a very kind of on the go thing. Uh, once I realized by the end of the first year, okay, that this curriculum, this approach will work. Um, in the second year, we started, uh, you know, expanding the business model. So we evolved a new kind of business model that was 
pretty novel for India at that time. Um, and we call it the micro center model, where essentially our teachers were, you know, running small learning centers uh, out of their homes. So it's something like out school in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would take up these teachers with, you know, all the math learning tools, materials, and they would run classes on neighborhood kids. So that's how we started scaling the business. So once we got the product, we figured on the, we focused on the distribution of it. And by the end of the second year, uh, you know, that network of teachers had grown quite large and uh, we had, you know, many students coming in. So that's when I started speaking to, you know, venture capital folks and some of them got interested and we eventually were able to get two marquee investors to come in, Sequoia Capital and Google Capital. Right. Um, to, to put in 20 million bucks. So, yeah. So those were the first three, four years of the of the journey. So let me ask you about the raising capital phase, because this is the yeah. part that I feel a lot of people get stuck on or they don't know when the right time is to do that. Um, yeah. Can you can you shed some light on that? You know, when you decided to actually go down that road um, and what was it about what you've or, what you had already done by then that told you mm-hmm. that it was time now to go and seek external capital to grow this thing? Yeah, I think the biggest prerequisite to um, raising venture capital is that you should have a product that works. You should have you should have demonstrable metrics where uh, you know consumers have demonstrated clearly that they are willing to pay, um, and uh, you should have clear metrics on how much cost it takes to acquire a consumer, how much cost, uh, how much money you can make on a consumer, and so on. So you should have clear sense of these metrics before you go to uh, venture capital folks. Because if you do it before that, um, you know the conversations in most cases don't pan out, you know, and uh, I have a lot of, uh, you know, as I said, new would-be entrepreneurs who come to me and said, okay, and say, okay, you know, why don't you introduce me to a venture capitalist? But what I tell them is, okay, you know, first focus on the business, first focus on getting your fundamentals right, uh, make sure that you have a compelling story, make sure that your metrics are clear, uh, make sure that you have a clear understanding of the market and of your consumer, and once all of these basic ingredients are in place, then Capital is not a milestone in itself. It's like, you know, you, you're just adding, you just want to add fuel to the fire. So capital mm-hmm. is like adding fuel to the fire, uh, you know, to, to make the fire kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, become larger. So, so new entrepreneurs should not see capital as a milestone. You know, that's, that's one plus mistake that a lot of people make, but as a means to achieving your uh, kind of end goal. Um, so in our case, for example, we had a very clear demonstration of uh, both sides of the platform working out well, like teachers and students coming together in these classes and uh, meaningful math learning happening. And we had clear sense on how much money parents are willing to spend, how much cost does it take us to acquire one student, uh, how, how much time does a, a student stick on the platform, you know, which is uh, a metric called churn that's very important in business. So, so it's all these things that you have to be very clear about before you, uh, you know, go to go talk to a VC because not only will your conversation be a lot faster, but you'll also get a much better deal uh, if mm. you're clear about these fundamentals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Folks, if you're just joining us, you need to rewind that part back. That part is probably the most um, crucial part if you're looking at figuring out how, when, why, um, and what you need to have together in order to be able to go and um, present your company um, to um, any kind of investor. Uh, so let me ask you this, um, Manan. Um, you clearly had an idea of the raise that you were going to do, um, yeah. what, you know, in terms of what you wanted to do with it. So that's another thing I find a lot of people are quick to raise, 
but they don't really mm-hmm. know what they're going to do with it once the raise comes in. Um, mm-hmm. I feel, because I feel that you're a very on-purpose kind of founder, mm-hmm. um, what mm-hmm. was your objective with that first raise? Yeah. So I think, firstly, the purpose of a raise could also potentially depend on the industry. So, for example, if you are in a space where uh, where hyper-growth matters, where, you know, in DC parlance, it's called a land grab, you know, it matters where you quickly need to onboard, let's say, the entire supply side in that uh, industry, for example, Airbnb, right, uh, with their hosts and guests, and uh, Uber, for example, who would want their entire driver supply on, on the platform. Mm-hmm. In such cases, the the capital raise requirements might be far higher. But in most cases, um, uh, that might not necessarily be true, and you should raise capital to the extent that you need at that point, you know, to build a meaningful business and to uh, scale well at, at good unit economics. You know, unit economics means at every unit of business that you do, which is every consumer you acquire, you're making money on that consumer and you're not losing money. Mm-hmm. So so when we raised this 20 million, um, uh, you know, and this was across two rounds, when we, when we did this in 2016 and 2017, we were very clear that we want to do two things. One is we want to invest on making the uh, product uh, even even stronger than what it was at that time mm-hmm. uh, and more adaptive and more personalized and more engaging for students. And the other was to expand our footprint across the country, uh, across India. Back then we were still based only in India. So the other objective was to expand our teaching network across India. And we actually, uh, and we thought that that size of round, you know, would be the right kind of capitalization for the company to help us achieve these two objectives. Mm-hmm. We could have raised more, we could have raised less, but we chose roughly that kind of order to to make sure that our objectives are met. So yes, uh, you know, the intentionality was there at that point also that you just don't take any amount, uh, you take the amount that you need to build uh, the business the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Because the more you ask for, the more you have to give up. And that's the other yeah, mistake exactly. that a lot of people make, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, in 2017, you expanded to 2,000 tutors from the initial 100 to service yeah. 20,000 students. Right. I, I think I think that your money was well spent. I think that uh-huh, you accomplished yeah. your goal, right? Would, yeah. Would that be yeah. correct? Yeah, broadly correct. But as I said earlier, it was not all hunky-dory. You know, there were lots of ups and downs, figuring out uh, what kind of tutors work well figuring out which cities to operate in and so mm-hmm. on. And there was a point in that journey when growth had hit a stall. Uh, and then we had to, you know, rework a lot of the basics to figure out uh, how to how to kind of re-energize the whole thing. So there were all these phases. But yeah, looking back in hindsight, it seems that broadly the journey was um, yeah, panned out well, yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for staying till the end. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, I would love for your support by subscribing to my show and letting everyone you know know about it and have them come take a listen. I would sincerely appreciate you joining me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Search Raj Gurn and the Open Chess Confidence Academy. Until next week, I hope you continue to cultivate your own ecosystem so that everyone in and around it is empowered by your mission to elevate them all. See you next week.